Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bijou Banter. Today, on the summer edition, we've got the usual crowd in the studio. We've got Daniel McGregor Hoyer, Matthew Ha, Norrison Cotton. We're going to be talking about all of the dead things. Call it Dead Week if you want, even though finals were like weeks ago for everybody listening to this, hopefully. And if it is Dead Week for you, Jesus. Uh, today, we're talking about, uh, I keep forgetting their names. It is Those Who Wish Me Dead, the new HBO Max movie with Angelina Jolie, and Army of the Dead, the new Netflix movie from Zack Snyder with Dave Bautista, and we're going to start with Army of the Dead, which stars, as I said, Dave Bautista and a whole bunch of other people. Uh, it's directed by Zack Snyder. It's basically the way that I like to describe it is Ocean's Eleven meets Dawn of the Dead. I'm not sure if other people think that's an accurate uh, assumption of it, but yeah, what do you think? Well, I'm a huge Zack Snyder fan. I think people give him a lot of hate. Sometimes maybe it's justified, sometimes it's not really. I think, you know, his DC stuff kind of tainted the world's viewpoint of his filmmaking when it's outside of that. And so I think there's not a lot of unnecessary hate, but I think people fairly could be apprehensive going into this. But I'm, you know, super excited. And I'm a huge zombie fan. I, I love zombies with my whole entire heart. People like to say zombies are dead. And I just disagree. I don't, I think if you can reinvent zombies in a clever way, then like it keeps them fresh. And I think that's what this was able to do really well. I, you know, had such a fun time with it because like you said perfectly, Calvin, it's Ocean's Eleven meets Dawn of the Dead. And I think that is just such an interesting idea. I'm not saying like the film is perfect. I think there are like some issues, mostly with like just leaving loose ends where like, I'm sure we'll get into it, but there's like one thing particularly, I was like, okay, what's that gonna be? It amounts to nothing. And I'm like, maybe they'll explain it in like the anime series they're having or the prequel, but for what it is right now, I, I really enjoyed this. I guess I would consider myself not a very big Zack Snyder fan. Uh, most of his films I find either really um, over over the top, but not in like a good way. I think it's like really just kind of in a way even pretentious, so to say, but not like an art way, but it's more just like Zack Snyder has a style and although he's become very comfortable with it, he doesn't know how to break away from it. And he creates, in my opinion, the same movies, even when he does something with the DC universe. But with that said, I was interested to see how this movie would turn out because I like zombie films. I'm not like a massive zombie fan, but I enjoy them to some degree. But this one wasn't it. It was not good at all. And I was I was shocked with how much I didn't like it because like I I I read some of the synopsis and I'm like, okay, this that could be a fun time, but just from beginning to end, I was just bored. It wasn't funny. It was the story was all over the place. The characters are so are so bland like just oh my lord these are like some of the most bland characters i've ever seen in a film they're just not nothing about them there's no personality there's nothing interesting and the biggest problem i have with this movie is the length this is a two and a half hour long film and for a zombie film i don't think any zombie film should be two and a half hours and on top of that Zack snyder is trying to make a franchise out of this which i didn't even know until after i finished the film I thought this was just going to be like a one and done zombie film, but no, he has plans to make a franchise out of this, but it's like, he's trying too hard to make more lore out of this story, which is already incredibly simple, but like, what else can you add to this universe? I don't see much there to warrant a sequel, a prequel, or suppose like animated series, just like, just make a film first and just one story and then expand it afterward. Like, I don't know why he's like going ahead and trying to plan all this, but it's just, I don't know. It was, I didn't like it. The way I kind of describe this movie is it's a B it's a B movie trying to be more than a B movie. And what I mean by that is that it has all the B movie elements. You got the B list actors. I mean, you can even argue that Dave Batista is not is more of a B list actor than he is an A list actor. It kind of and it kind of like has that quality to it that just makes up a B movie. But I feel like with this film, although it is a, it's pretty fun and does have a really good sense of humor with itself and has good chemistry with its cast, it tries to really add in a lot of emotional depth that I don't think this movie really needed. Um, because I think it's such a simple idea. It's literally Ocean's Eleven meets Dawn of the Dead, like Calvin said. But I just see this more as like, it should have just kind of stayed in that lane instead of trying to go into all these dramatic territories, which I feel like 
it could be accomplished like if it's just a little bit but i feel like there's times where it like can really be so reliant on the dramatic elements where it can kind of slow down the film for me and it's not to say like the relationships between batista and his daughter are bad but it's just like it's a it kind of just feels out of place sometimes and but I still had fun with this movie. Like, I think the alpha zombies are pretty cool. I really enjoyed the cast here for the most part. I mean, some characters you can easily just throw away, but some, I think, had a lot of pretty good personality, especially the safe cracker. And um forgot the guy's name, but it's like Yamaho or something, Tamaho. Um, I, I really liked his character. Batista did a still a pretty good job, and Zack Schneider did Zack Schneider things and this is basically what I envision a Zack Schneider zombie film to be but I I had fun with it I just wouldn't consider I feel like it just could have stayed in this lane a little bit more than it should have I uh this movie was kind of nothing for me um it was like it wasn't great it wasn't terrible it was more just boring than anything else like the heist parts like I've been on a bit of a heist kick recently with movies and the heist in this was just pretty boring. Like it was just like up oh, a couple of booby traps and then there's the safe. And then the zombie parts weren't interesting in the way that zombies can be. Uh, I'm not really a big zombie movie guy, but I'm a big World War Z kind of guy or uh, original return or neither living dead, but that's most just because they're funny in that one. Um, and I feel like in World War Z, there's like a lot of interesting dynamics that they explore with the undead in here there's no real dynamics there's no intrigue with them they're just a faceless horde of bat like you could also call it like army of aliens and have like aliens come down and have them be trapped in the city and it would have been exactly the same movie like i feel like it was just sort of yeah at the end of the day you might disagree with me but i think it was just kind of boring you made a good point with the zombies and Obviously, in most films, zombies are threatening, but to me, what makes zombies even scarier is if there's an interesting, like, reason for why they're attacking. How do they become zombies, or do they have some sort of motivation? And you hit the nail around the head, Calvin. It's just like, these zombies are not terrifying. They're not interesting zombies. And granted, zombies don't have to be three-dimensional characters. They're undead. They just kill. But at the same time, it's like, there needs to be some sort of reason for why we should fear for the characters. And part of that comes from the zombies. And they're not that. They're just so bland and like uninspired too. You could, what you say, Calvin, you could put any monster into this movie. It doesn't have to be a zombie. And it would literally be the same film. And on top of that, I like I, I do agree, and I forgot to mention this too. What really did not sell with this film were the emotional moments because Here's the thing, if Zack Snyder just wanted to make a crappy B movie, then fine, go ahead. But he's trying to go for the heart and it doesn't work. It's so freaking lame because he's trying to get us to care about these characters. But kind of like what we what I talked about, or I, I wasn't there, but why I said about with Godzilla versus Kong is that like the characters are so like boring and stupid, but it's just like when you try to shoehorn an emotion, it doesn't connect because there's nothing for us to latch onto. The same goes for this, but to an even greater extent, like the relationship between Batista and his daughter is so, so forced and so corny. I just don't, I really didn't care. I couldn't care less about it. And even just like all the other characters, they're just like, they're so one note too and really annoying and stupid too. Just, there's nothing about them that I really cared about. I feel like they could have just, I mean, the elements didn't bother me, but I feel like they could have just taken out the whole stuff with the daughter and like the woman she was going after, because in reality, it, it didn't add much to the plot other than just to say, oh, Dave Batista has a fractured relationship with his daughter. And you just take it out completely. I feel like if where this maybe would have worked better is kind of like what the Suicide Squad kind of does, because it clearly seems like Zack Snyder's trying to play that up a little bit, where you send a group of mercenaries in and they all basically get killed. I think that would have just been better instead of trying to throw in the stuff at the very end with like even the daughter who's like not really even a part of the team. She's the only one that survives, I think. And first of all, another thing that I said loose ends, as far as I'm concerned, they did not show the Dieter, the safecracker. They did not show his dead body. So therefore he is not dead because he's making the prequel film. So who knows if they try to tie in at the end that he's still alive. But I just thought that was interesting. I don't know if anybody else did, but. I mean, these these characters are definitely very one note. Um... 
And I think the thing that did kind of frustrate me a bit was when they kept adding a bit more into it, where a lot of it just felt like it was very pointless. Like you have that one pervy cop that kind of comes in and they're obviously using him as bait, but like he just doesn't have that much character outside of that. And it's like they keep adding more to the group and it's like it really doesn't make this group have it a personality unfortunately because it's kind of like because usually like when they do like they're trying to you know obviously it's kind of doing something like the suicide squad where the suicide squad's basically mercenaries um but at least like with suicide squad at least in the comics not the not the david ayer film but at least there is some sort of a personality and chemistry between these characters. But sometimes it's like these characters don't really have that much chemistry beyond like at least little things with each other. I mean, you can argue the same thing with like Dieter and uh, I keep on bossing the name, but Yamaha, um, that they kind of have a relationship and you can argue with Batista and the other uh, female lead, um, have a relationship but it's like you don't really establish them as a group because it feels like they're all so unfamiliar with each other um but I mean I think the only like standout character in that group probably does have to be the um security guard for um Hiroaki Sonata's character because I don't know I just like something about jerk characters that I think just like work in this type of setup and obviously he deserved to, he deserved what he got, but I feel like he was like the only like interesting character that probably out of them apart from the safecracker and um the Yamaha character. Yeah, I mean the only character that really held my interest and not in like a good way, obviously, was the character that they used as bait, who was like this really sort of they're like these camps for people who are quote unquote like potentially infected although really they're being used as like weird ways that the government can silence people i guess they really didn't explore that too much uh for just dropping it in with a weird sean spicer cameo of all people um but the like so this guy is a security card he's really sexist he's awful and i don't like him but like when they use him as bait was like the only interesting like character moment in the story it was like interesting and it was cool to see coyote which is this other character who like knows vegas because the zombie apocalypse only happened in vegas in this world and like knows what's going on with the zombies and she like ties them up and is like she needs like a sacrifice for us to get any further then the zombie queen comes out and that was interesting but i also feel like it was a bit of a wasted moment just because like oh what was i saying i was talking about the sacrifice just because they hint towards these really great and interesting things with zombies with the zombie being like the alpha and how they're smarter and they can think but then the alpha is like the only thing that an alpha ever does is wear like a helmet over his brain so i don't know i that's one of the reasons i didn't like the zombies yeah i mean it's where i feel like you have like two of them that definitely are the alphas because you get apparently one is named zeus which i think is the leader guy then you get the uh his bride but then it's like you don't get to see any of the others like and plus it's in Vegas there's so many ways you could honestly make it much more fun like they have the Valentine Tiger from that one Vegas show in here but I feel like they could have done a lot more which would have been entertaining and I feel like they just made this, this group of zombies just pretty generic and because even though I might say the one thing I was impressed by was the makeup on them because I feel like the makeup was pretty creative on them because and which is pretty surprising that this is a CGI heavy film in many regards but the makeup on the zombies looked pretty cool but just like as a group it's like there's nothing really that intimidating about them apart from the main villain who you can even argue is not really that intimidating he kind of just is very stoic and obviously they try to give him like some um character dynamic with the bride but it's like there's just nothing in there to really make him stand out on its own and i could see what snyder was trying to do but i just don't think he was able to follow all the way through with it 
I think the location of it being in Las Vegas is such a waste because like a zombie film set in Las Vegas is such a great use of a location. I've been to Las Vegas. There's so much, so many things you could do there. And with it being apocalyptic, there's so many opportunities to make it stylistically engaging, have the action be really creative, but they don't do anything with it. It's just like most of the film takes place in these dark corridors and like at, in like these hallways. And it looks like an office building. It's just like this could literally just be set in Iowa City and it wouldn't it wouldn't change a thing. I mean, you'd probably have to change part of the lore because I know they shit um they based the plot a lot around like Area 51 and Roswell and stuff like that. But this could really take take place anywhere. It's like you have Las Vegas and they don't take advantage of it. And that's what's really disappointing. And on top of everything, one this is one thing that I really had a, had a hard time with watching is that the cinematography, which was done by Zack Snyder himself, is awful. It is, the cinematography is just so bad. And like the way, like, the, I don't know if anyone noticed it, but like the depth of field too, it, it has such a shallow range of focus. There's so many shots that are just straight up not like in focus. And it's super distracting. And it and honestly, like I was watching on my computer, and I thought my computer was broken. I'll be totally honest, because it just, it was that bad. And it's just like, this is inexcusable. Like, just why is it like that? I don't understand what he's trying to go for. It just looks so ugly. I, know, I mean, the cinematography didn't bug me that much, I would say, because I think Zack Schneider just has like this certain just visuals on it. It is interesting to kind of see him with um, being the director of photography as well, because I feel like that just shows how much control he can have over his own projects. Um, but I don't know, I found it to be pretty hurt or miss, like do some things that are pretty cool, like the way it was, I think the opening is part of the one that the one scene that I think really steals the whole movie because it really does establish everything that's going on despite being like a 10 minute 15 minute opening I mean it, it did drag a bit but I feel like that's like the most interesting part because it does add a little bit of character development to some of the characters in the film um and kind of shows like how big how big this battle was it makes me wonder what if this film was just that instead of like this whole heist film like if it was just everything in the opening expanded instead of like this whole heist film I feel like that would have been a little bit more interesting than what we got it certainly would have been more fun because that opening was really cool there were like some creative zombie kills and the way they were like carpet bombing zombies was fun and Dave Batista like running through and being an action star was really good because Dave Batista didn't have I mean, there was some action with him, but it felt like he was a little bit wasted, especially because I feel like in this movie, they could have benefited from a slightly better actor, someone who could maybe hit the emotional beats they were trying to hit. Uh, I love Dave Bautista. Seems like an awesome guy. He was really good in Blade Runner 2049, but he also had like 10 lines in Blade Runner 2049. So I really think that's where he shines. And when he's playing a caricature like Drax, that's where he shines. But yeah, I think that opening was definitely the strongest part of the film for me. Uh, Orson, I did want to ask you though, because you said that zombies like aren't dead, that as long as you reinvent zombies then they're, they can still be sort of fresh. What part of these zombies were like reinvented for you? I just thought that they gave the zombies different like personalities. Like I, you know, you kind of look like you look at zombies nowadays and I blame the walking dead for this. They're just kind of dead people walking around. And I feel like when you actually make them scary, kind of what, you know, George Romero did, or even what Zack Snyder did in his Dawn of the Dead remake, which I would argue, I don't really think it's Dawn of the Dead remake, because other than a couple story elements taking place in a mall and a couple Easter eggs, it's a vastly different movie and story, which is very strange. But yeah, you know, that was very scary, the 28 Weeks movies or whatever. And I think that did this too, was where I was like, oh my God, these zombies, you know, whether or not you can argue you sided with them or like you felt those emotional moments when like the the Zeus character takes out the baby which I thought was very strange I actually thought they were pretty scary when like you know that hallway scene with the glow sticks that was terrifying I was like clenching up I was like what's gonna happen what's gonna happen whereas on other shows maybe when they've done zombies before in like the past 10 years it's kind of like well I don't know someone might die but this was one where I was definitely white knuckled on the edge of my seat Yeah, that glow stick scene was, was super scary. And I do think they did a good job with the personality of the zombies because like the zombie queen and Zeus or the zombie king, I'm just going to call him the zombie king because Zeus is, I don't know, I just don't like that name. Uh, like they're both like interesting and really cool. And I think 
my other big problem with the film is that the zombies like have some really interesting dynamics within them. Like the zombie queen is pregnant with a zombie baby. And that's really interesting, but they don't do anything with it. And they sort of cut it off right before it could develop into anything. Well, speaking of cutting it off, did, this is the most mind boggling thing to me because I noticed it right away. And I was like, maybe that was something, I don't know. But then it happened again. And I was like, okay, that's totally something. Never went anywhere. Zombie robots. Did anybody else notice that? The zombies, some of the zombies in the movie are robots. There's like a scene where like a zombie comes running down the hallway and the dude that has like the YouTube channel that's really good with guns shoots the zombie and like the zombie kind of like malfunctions very quickly. And I was like, oh, maybe it like hit a light or something. I don't know. And then there's a scene where like, I think it's the same guy again, like shoots a zombie while they're in the casino and like the zombie's face like goes flying off and there's a robot inside it. It doesn't go anywhere. Like look it up. Zack Snyder says there are robots in the movie. But yeah, that was just something that never was touched upon and i was like oh that kind of sucks because that'd be super cool yeah i mean i think that wouldn't be super cool because like i think that would add a lot of like speculation on like whether or not like how involved like the u.s government is with with this whole thing because because obviously we do figure out like what the true intentions of that security um like the head security officer of the casino like you really do figure out his true intentions but it's like, it would be more interesting to see like, oh, this was just all a hoax by, by the government or something. Like it could have been something like that, but I feel like it could have just been, there's like, I think a lot of ideas that I think Snyder tapped on, but just should have went a little bit further with it. He, he has interesting ideas for the zombies, but he just puts way too many of them into one film. It's just like, there's no focus. And this is a problem I have with almost every Zack Snyder film. He puts way too much stuff into one film without developing one idea to make it really solid. A great example is in the Snyder Cut when we talked about it. That was my biggest problem is that there was, I felt like there was way too much lore and not enough focus. The same thing goes here because this movie is two and a half hours long. There's a lot of really good ideas that if, were just fo if they were just focused on one of them for let's say an hour 40 it'd be a decent zombie film but the fact that he's trying to do all these ideas there's no consistency at all the one idea that i actually really liked that sort of that they sort of explained but didn't really was the zombie tiger i actually thought that was a pretty interesting idea i'd be like that's that's something that i would like to see developed on maybe but they don't and even though it's super basic it's like yeah the zombies infect animals and the and the animals become zombified it's so simple but it's not something that i really see very much i'm like okay that's a, that's kind of a clever idea but they go nowhere with it yeah i mean it does suffer from like the same problems that i would say batman v superman suffered with where it had so many ideas um and they just tried to cram it all into two and a half hours and it just didn't work, which, which is why I think why a lot of people do like the Snyder Cut, because Snyder is able to explore those ideas a little bit more, despite like, you know, the, the loss of focus sometimes in that, in that Snyder Cut. And I think that's like the, but I do kind of consider this a bit better um, than Batman v Superman, because I do feel like it just it does still have its own quality and still has its own fun moments um, that really do make it kind of stand above that. Because it, it does try to stay a bit coherent is that it just has so many ideas that just doesn't fully realize. Um, and, and I wish it realized because the plot's not that convoluted. It's just pretty straightforward. But I'm, but yeah, I mean, I, I just wouldn't consider this to be like, say, his like best film, but it's probably like one of his better ones. I'm guessing like maybe at least under 300 or even the Snyder Cut. I mean, I feel like that's where I kind of put it. Yeah, I think I haven't seen a lot of Zack Snyder, but I think this is in the upper sort of echelon for me because I've only really seen Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, uh, what's it called? The Justice League cut and this. So actually, this would probably be my third favorite Zack Snyder movie because I really did like uh, Man of Steel and I enjoyed the Snyder cut. Uh, I do Orson as sort of the resident Zack Snyder expert and I'm not sure if anybody else has seen it, but at the very least, one person who's seen Zack Snyder's other zombie movie, how does it stack up to that 
uh, Dawn of the Dead remake. Kind of what I said earlier. I just rewatched Dawn a couple uh, days ago. I think it's a pretty good movie. It's his first film that, you know, I think he did a documentary or something before, but it was his first film. I don't really think it's fair to say it's a Dawn of the Dead remake because like I said, it's a vastly different story. Like it's, it is, but it's also not. I think it's a very good one, but I think this is better because it seems like he was able to like not breathe more, but he was given like a bigger budget and he was able to do more cool things. Like they're kind of the same, but they're kind of different. So I like, I just like this one a little better because you can kind of tell there's more of, you know, a seasoned filmmaker, whether, you know, you like his previous films or not. I think this is just, it's apparently it's one he's had, you know, written for like, I think he wrote it like right after he did Dawn. So he's had it for a while. So I think it shows too that, you know, he was able to just create a better story, if that makes sense. So I like it a little more. But Dawn itself is very good, which is also fun fact, written by the great James Gunn. Yeah. Intriguing. I'll have to check that one out because I do think some of the zombie action, especially at the beginning of this, was well-directed. I think he knows how to do zombies, that's for sure. I think he does them very well. Yeah, the man is the man is really good at zombies. Uh, or at least he was good at this one. Although, this besides the sort of issues that um, we brought up. Uh, yeah, I think we're running out of time for, for Army of the Dead, though. So final thoughts. I, I think it's fair to assume I'm really the only one in the group that actually kind of liked it more than most did. I, I think it's a very fun film. It's one I'm eager to go uh, watch again. It's a little long. I think some things could have been taken out. I wish they explored the zombie robots more. And I forgot to mention this. I did like Tig Notaro, who played the pilot, which fun fact, she was green screened in. Every single scene, she was green screened. So uh, there were a couple scenes where I was like, oh, you can totally tell. But other scenes, I you couldn't. But overall, I actually liked this a lot. And I'd probably give Army of the Dead a 7 out of 10. I haven't seen every Zack Snyder film, but I gotta be honest, this is probably one of my lesser favorites. Um, because most in general, like I'm not a big Zack Snyder fan. The only two films I enjoyed were the director's cut of Batman vs Superman and Legends of the Guardians, which is pretty overlooked actually. I haven't seen it in years, but yeah, this this I did not like at all. I found it to be pretty awful, honestly. There there's some good things in it or good ideas actually. It's much more interesting as a concept than the execution because the execution is just really, really poor. Uh, the story isn't very strong. The characters are incredibly one note. Um, the cinematography is garbage. And I think uh, humor wise, it doesn't really work well. And then the emotional moments just fall flat hard. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. I guess if you're a Zack Snyder fan, you pro you'd probably enjoy it, honestly. But for me, Zack Snyder is not my kind of director, but at the same time, I went into the film like with a, with an open mind, but it's just not for me. Two out of ten. Yeah, this film. Um, I wouldn't say it's his best, but I would say it's probably like one of his best. But then again, coming from the a lot of work that he has had, I wouldn't consider it to be. Um, it's not really saying that much, but I mean, I'd probably say this is probably. It's in that echelon for sure, like that upper echelon. I'm probably behind 300 in the Snyder Cut. Um, but it still does suffer from a lot of issues that a lot of Zack Snyder films really suffer from. And I feel like there, he does have a lot of ideas that I feel like he should have explored a bit more. And I feel like if he, if this was just the B movie and stayed in that lane, I feel like this would have been a lot more fun than it was. And what it is it's i still had a good time watching it despite some of the issues i have with it especially at the runtime and the emotional moments but yeah i mean i would probably give this one a six out of ten shoot i was muted sorry about that uh yeah i'm gonna also give it a six out of ten it was if you're bored watch it like you'll probably have a good time maybe uh it was it was fine. It didn't. Yeah, it was a six out of 10. Like, I really don't have many thoughts about this movie. Uh, but that'll wrap up our conversation on Army of the Dead. And we're going to move on to our second dead film, Those Who Wish Me Dead, which stars Angelina Jolie, uh, Finn Little and Nicholas Holt with a I'm just throwing this in here because it was strange, a strange Tyler Perry cameo. Uh, and it's about 
it's weird what it's about. It's about this kid who has secrets that could implicate like a lot of people in something that's never described. And he has to run to get to the news and he encounters this fire forest firefighter played by Angelina Jolie. And there are these two assassins after him. Yeah, what did we think? I thought this was a painfully mediocre film. I really like John Bernthal. He's a really good actor. He's He was great in The Walking Dead and he was great as the Punisher when he was in those Marvel Netflix shows. And he was the good part here. I liked him. Other than that, I just was incredibly bored with this. I was like, what is going on? I did actually, okay, I will say, I did like the scene at the beginning where the house blows up. I thought that was pretty good. And even though I expected it, I you know still kind of clenched up a little bit. But like, I think the worst part for me and everybody was like, he did so great, was the kid. I, I don't, he was not good in this. I did not, like, there was a single, there was not one single scene where he was talking. This, like, 11-year-old kid where I could take him seriously. Because, like, I don't know about you guys, I was not talking like I was a 30-year-old person when I was 11. And every single scene is like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, okay, dude, come on. That's, you know, ridiculous. But, yeah, Angelina Jolie was fine. I mean, I guess she had to, you know, she, maybe it was just one of those movies where she's like, I'll do you the favor and I'll be in it. But yeah, other than that, this movie, it seemed like it was a movie that should have come out between like 1995 and 2010, somewhere in there. But as a movie nowadays, I, I, yeah, it was just not good. I'd have to agree. It's not, it's not terrible, but it is really just generic and mediocre. Kind of reminded me a lot of um, Midnight Sky when we talked about that a couple months back. It's just like, it goes in one year and, le- and goes out the other. Um, I like some parts about it. And actually, I like this director, too. This director, um, he wrote um, Sicario and Hell or High Water, which are two really good films. And it's just like, I he, grant, he co-wrote the screenplay, but at the same time, it's just like, this film has really has no purpose and is just so mindless. Like, they try to do... If we were complaining about how Army of the Dead tried to do a lot of stuff, but didn't really like, commit to anything, this one is even worse. Like, they just do so many things and just no- nothing adds up in the slightest. Um, the characters are really, really boring. Like, Angelina Jolie is, I don't think, is a great actress, and I really don't buy her as a firefighter at all in this film. Like, she- she's a very attractive actress, and it's just like, she's way too pretty to be a firefighter. But it's like, I don't know. And the kid, too. I agree, Orson. The kid was terrible. Just, oh my, like, I, I don't know what direction he was on. I don't know what acting classes he took, but every single line, I agree, it just was not convincing, and he was not good at all, and I, I guess the, the only redeeming factor I have with this film that I can think of is that some of the shots are actually really impressive. I like a lot of the use of color, like the use of orange and yellow is really, really good, but other than that, it's just like, I'm yeah, it's just really bland. I think the biggest saving grace of this movie does have to be um, Terry Sheridan's direction because this is a guy who's been, I don't know if you guys heard of him before, he was, he, was, he was an actor on Sons of Anarchy at one point, if anybody has ever heard of that show. And then he went into screenwriting um, and did Sicario and um, Hell or High Water, which are really great movies. And then he did another one called Wind River with uh, Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen, which is also pretty great. Um, but this one, I feel like it's definitely his weakest um, as a director and screenwriter because it does feel so generic and mediocre. But I do have to say, I still was entertained by it. And I think the reason is, is because of that direction, because you do see how he... I really like these camera shots. It was edited pretty fine. And yes, sometimes when the CGI on the fire is a little bit obvious, it's still pretty, it's still pretty fun and pretty tense at moments. Um, and Joey, no, Joey, I think just did fine. But I think the biggest standouts to me probably were Nicholas Holt and Aiden Gillen as like the villains, because I feel like it's kind of interesting how they kind of subvert those typical villain tropes that you usually see especially in the scene where um one is in a tree and one's on the bottom the kind of bantering and you kind of think they're gonna not notice something going on but they notice it right away which I found to be pretty interesting like they're just they're just not dumbfounded villains which I found to be pretty refreshing and 
I I do agree the kid is not that good. I mean, I wouldn't consider him the worst thing ever. Like, this is an Avatar The Last Airbender acting. And what I mean by that is the movie, not the TV show, obviously. But um, it's he didn't stand out for me. And obviously, like, the dialogue that was given to him wasn't... I don't think kids act that way. It's kind of obvious. But I don't know. I still had some... I still had a pretty fun time with this movie, even though I wouldn't consider it to be Tara Sheridan's best film. This movie, I also felt very little towards. Um, it was also kind of boring, similar to Army of the Dead, where there were a lot of set pieces that should have been exciting, but just kind of weren't. Um, it also felt, and this is a bit of a weird complaint, but it felt like a screenwriting major screenplay that was just like actually made where everything felt like a little bit too contrived and it felt like they were answering questions along the way, but they were trying to subvert stuff. Like the whole, the whole reason, or like the whole premise behind it is like an action movie set by a wildfire. And the way they get to it is just the absolute most contrived nonsense way that absolutely shouldn't have happened. And it just felt like they started it from the point of how do we get gunfire and a wildfire? and then worked backwards instead of saying, how do we feasibly get gunfire in a wildfire and working backwards from there? But those are just my initial thoughts. Uh, I do wonder about Angelina Jolie in this because you all said that she did fine. I thought she did pretty good. She wasn't given a whole lot, but she was definitely the best part of the movie for me. I thought she was good until she had to start like interacting with the kid. And then when they started like they're kind of bickering and bantering, especially the scene where like they first encounter like near the lake or something, it just seemed very like goofy to me where I'm like, this does not like kind of fit with what they were trying to set up with her character from like the beginning of the movie where she's kind of like this rebellious kind of firefighter. And now it seems like she's becoming like this adopted mother to this kind of kid. I was just like, I, I don't buy it anymore. Yeah, I agree. And I think one thing that really threw me off too is I think the title of this film is just like really not misleading, but it's like it. First of all, it's, it's not a great title. It's like really generic. Doesn't really tell you a whole lot. But when I hear that title, for some reason, I was expecting more of a horror film. And even like from the the one or two posters or images I saw, it looked like something that like Blumhouse would have made. And granted, it's just like, oh, it's cool. That's not what I expected. But what I got was still just like incredibly generic and bland. Like there's nothing about it that really I found very creative or interesting. And not to mention the fact that there's so many stupid moments and just moments that I feel like, okay, these people should have died by now. Like when they jump in the water, when the fire is going over, like shouldn't the fire have like scalded them when they were underneath the river or something like that, when they're going up for air? It's like, it gets, it gets really, really silly at points, even though it starts off pretty serious, I guess. Like, and it's obviously this is an R-rated film, but it still feels like it's appealing more towards children or like, I guess, teenagers. And it's just, I don't know, it doesn't know who to market it for. If this was PG-13, I'd have no problem with it, but it's R and I don't see many adults getting much out of it either. Matthew just brought up something interesting that really bothered me. And movies still do this, and I don't know why they do. It's when characters are, like, running from a disaster, whether it's a tornado, fire, water, a blizzard. I don't know. They're just barely, just barely escaping the thing running behind them. And kind of what Matthew said, it should have killed them by then. They did it in, like, that second Jurassic World movie that was terrible where, like, Chris Pratt's running, except he actually gets engulfed in the thing. But he still survives. And I'm like you don't survive. That's why they tell you don't go running after the tornado if it's coming towards you. That, you know, that's it. I'm sorry, you're there. But like, that was just something that, that really like angered me. And, and, with the, and with how close they were to that wildfire, wouldn't like one of those flames like hit their clothes and they just would have been like, they just like, went poof. Like they would have been roasted. It's like, what the heck? This is so lame. I mean, I think there just has to be some dis suspension and disbelief but i think with this director this is because i'm very familiar with Ter taylor sheridan's work and this is a guy um whose work is usually grounded in realism like you've seen sicario you've seen hell or high water they kind of take a little bit of a, like realistic approaches to these characters and these situations which does like and i feel like this one since this is a studio film rather than an independent film like the other three. It didn't necessarily, it, there was, I think, a lot of things that I feel like 
just brought the realism out of it. Um, and I think part of it is the main character who is not really that interesting. It's kind of the same trope that he's always had like with Emily Blunt and Sicario and um, Jeremy Renner and Wind River. But I think those were a bit different because it those, those movies don't really have much levity to them. And this one I think is trying to have the levity, especially with the kid but it just can't pull it off. And I feel like there should have been a lot more time dedicated to Angelina Jolie's character because when I looked at the runtime, um, and I think part of me was like thinking it was gonna be longer than it was, it was an hour and 40 minutes. That, and for some reason that feels super short compared to his other films. And I feel like the biggest thing is definitely the pacing because there's a lot of times where things are incredibly rushed in this. And I just feel like there should have been more time dedicated to Angelina Jolie's character. And I want to see more of the rebel that she was in the beginning rather than just kind of somebody that's like trying to recover from these past mistakes, which no, anybody would act this way, especially on these mistakes, but I feel like there could have been more of this rebellious nature that her character could have had. And I mean, that's, what I, that's how I kind of feel because I feel like I seen this trope done better in Sicario, Hell or High Water, and even Wind River, but I feel like this one is like, it just feels a bit tired and there's really nothing new to add to that character trope. Yeah, and they never really like address her dealing with the trauma like it's supposed to be the fire in the film is clearly supposed to be some sort of metaphor for her like dealing with her own trauma but they never do anything with it it's just like the fire is there and they're like oh it traumatized her and then they never have her confront the trauma it's always just her confronting the fire and she was like at the end like there's a supposedly cathartic moment where he's like you were in the fire and she says yeah and someone else says how was it and she says it was beautiful and the kid says it scared the poop out of me and the kid was funny in that case but like oh it's just so frustrating because it's such an easy character arc and they bungle it and they but like they could have just thrown in like one flashback scene like in the middle of her confronting the fire and it would have fixed it but they bungle it and there's so many bungled things in this and it the more i think about it the more this film angers me it, she's still it's clear that like what she's going through like i get her trauma i get that because of the fire like she lost her kids in in the fire because of like my what was it I, I forgot the reason but it's like yeah i agree they don't really she doesn't confront it so it's like what's the point of ha having her have an arc if you're not going to confront the arc or anything like that or make her go through any sort of change it's lazy honestly it's really lazy and i guess i would have forgiven that but it's like i don't know it's just like the execution was just like it was so poor too and I, and like there's one line from the kid that i just thought was literally the dumbest line i've ever heard in this entire film because the kid while giving credit it's clear that he seems to be a bit more quote mature for his age but he literally like Angelia Jolie and the kid they're staring at this giant like field of orange smoke and the kid asks is that a fire like what did you think it was did you think it was like rain or something like it's so it's such a stupid line I'm just like really really you're asking what that is yeah I mean I, I actually did read a review kind of like comparing this to all like like basically Tara Sheridan's version of like 90s films like you know Point Break or Twister but or something up that line and because you know a lot of 90s films back then a lot of them were at least in terms of action films were about natural disasters uh, and here it's I can kind of see like he's trying to poke at those tropes but I feel like he just doesn't kind of get, he, there's nothing that like where he's so great, it's either gonna be realistic and have yourself grounded in this realism or kind of be, have a little bit fun, have a little bit of fun with this idea. And I feel like he should have found, he should have chose a direction to go in. And I feel like that's kind of the issue with this movie is that it just doesn't, it's pretty surface level, it's too straightforward and really I feel like it, they gave the character, Joey's character, a little bit more depth. 
like um like Sheridan's characters before I feel like it would have been much better but I yeah I mean but I mean I don't know I still like this movie I still was entertained by it. I just wouldn't consider it to be I feel like it's just not his best work I'm glad that you mentioned all that because one of the things that really irks me about this film is that the fire doesn't have anything to do with like anything at the end of the day. You could have had the whole movie and cut the fire and it would have been the exact same movie. Like if you're going to have a really interesting premise of like an action movie thriller, they say it's a thriller in the description. I think that's like, like, I don't know. I think that's trying to sell you on something before you see it because it is not a thriller. Like there were no thrills or chills. It was just kind of a generic action film. Like, if you're going to have one of those in a wildfire, have it in a wildfire and have it interesting. Instead, the closest thing that comes to it is Angelina Jolie and the kid. They're like running through an open field, even though they could just follow the trees around. And I don't get why they don't, but they're running through an open field while like lightning striking. And like, they have to like keep ducking down and like intermittent periods, which is really interesting and fun to watch. And that part is tense. And then Angelina Jolie gets struck by lightning and it like walks it off. Like she just got like a wiffle ball to the kneecap, which you got struck by lightning. Like, come on. But oh yeah. And, and thank, and thank God that the lightning just happened to stop striking after Angelina Jolie got hit so that they can have an emotional moment. Cause here's another problem I have with this movie is that like, if it was trying to be just a generic natural disaster action film, kind of like Twister or San Andreas, for example, that'd be fine but it's trying to go it's trying to be more than that like it's clear that they're trying to add more emotion and heart kind of like what army of the dead did and it fails though because it's like no it's like you're trying to be you're trying to do way too much and it doesn't work either way because it doesn't work as an action film because you said exactly it doesn't the action is totally superfluous if it was just like a like a drama kind of like like leave no trace for example it'd be fine i don't think it would be great but the fact that they had the action put in it, it still feels really forced and it doesn't know it's not like it's trying to be just like a campy popcorn film it's trying to be more than that but it doesn't work on that level either it's lost which that's another thing matthew kind of brought up earlier that i was surprised with when watching the movie even when i was during while i was watching it was the marketing was not good for this movie with how they marketed the actual fire element. Cause you look at the posters and you're kind of like, oh my God, they're like in this fire the whole time or something. That's not really until like the last 10-ish minutes of the movie, which kind of sucked because I, I know obviously you can't have characters on fire for like, you know, 70 minutes of a movie. But at the same time, I kind of wish they had just done more with that. Cause like you said, Calvin, if they just took it out, it, it just would have been, yeah, the exact same movie. But they didn't take it out. And like, another thing that irks me is like the fire is started by like the villains as like a distraction for the police which i'll say it i hated the villains in this movie and not in the way that you're supposed to hate a villain but in a way where it was just frustrating to watch them because like yes they did invert some of the sort of dumb villain stereotypes like the moment where they are like sort of watching the punisher's character i forget his actor's name but i'm gonna call him the punisher uh like talking through the window and they're like he's talking and they blast him like that was smart and good but otherwise they're just so generic and their dialogue is like really terrible like the calling card of one of the guys is that he hates this place talking about florida and it's like okay cool and then like they constantly refer back to that so that his final words are god i hate this place and then this woman shoots him is like, it hates you back. And it's terrible. It's, oh, I hate this movie. I didn't think they subverted anything at all. I thought these were the most, some of the most generic 90s villains ever. You know what? If these were the bad guys in those Michael Bay Transformers movies, I wouldn't have known. It seems like they totally were. I mean, I like Nicholas Holt. He's a great actor. The other guy, I know he was like the bad guy in Game of Thrones for a while or something. I don't know. But they just seemed so generic to me. Like there was the whole scene where like John Bernthal's on the phone or like he's in the cabin and he's talking and they're like, shoot him. I, just, I thought that was a very generic thing to me. Personally, that didn't do anything to subvert, you know, these kind of assassin villain tropes that we've seen before. But yeah, I was just, I was disappointed by them. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think Taylor Sheridan went out of his way to subvert any sort of expectations. I just think he wanted to make an action thriller with a bit more emotion in it just to make it stand, I guess, stand out from like, you know, like a Michael Bay action film, but at the same time, it's not subverting anything. It's not really intelligent or 
something like that. It's not saying much. It's still just kind of there. And that's probably the problem. That's the problem with this that like, if he, if he did manage to subvert expectations, then it would have stood out a bit more, but it doesn't, it, it really doesn't. And that's why I don't like, I don't hate this movie like at all. It's just, even though I have like a lot of major problems with it, it doesn't, there's not enough there to make me angry just because it's so generic and bland. Like I'm literally never going to watch it again. And I don't think I'm going to remember like a single thing about it, but it's just, it's, there's nothing here to say. I'm curious though, Daniel, why, or what tropes did you, do you see them inverting or sort of? I mean, I think the things that actually, I think it's kind of like how they're very quick on their feet. So there's, there's a scene with John Berthel and, and how Berthel is like trying to cover the tracks of the kid before he hit the creek and how quickly they pick up on how quickly they can pick up like they they don't take any bs like that's kind of the thing i think that then make it make these villains a little bit more compelling to me is that you know in any situation like the main character would eventually succeed in like trying to trick them but they're not they're like guys that don't seem to be easy to trick because he's trying to like divert them, trying to stall them. And like, they know it, like there's just this very, like there's just this very stoic presence that they, that they have. And they're just like not going to take any of it because they're, they initially want to accomplish their goal. I mean, but I would say like, I think out of both of them, I think Aiden Gillen's was much more interesting than I would say Nicholas Holtz. And I feel like Aiden Gillen was more quick on his feet than the other guy, but I do... I feel like that's the thing I, that I did take away from it. Because even though, yeah, I mean, I can kind of see where you guys are coming from. I still kind of think that they were, they did enough where I was like, I was kind of satisfied like by their by their endings and closures. Um, and I mean, I feel like they were, they were, they were entertaining. They were not like the best villains, obviously, but I feel like they did enough where it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I found that to be pretty interesting. Okay, that all makes sense. Yeah, I thought like they were quick on their feet, which was nice. But yeah, Nicholas Holt's character was just absolutely nothing within the film. Like, I feel like that was a lot of the characters. Like they were just kind of there. Like even Angelina Jolie's character was just kind of there, even though she was the best part of this movie. She was mostly the best part of this movie because she was Angelina Jolie and she's a good actor more than like her character was good or the writing for her character was good. It was just that she was clearly having some semblance of fun. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think all the characters in this movie were pretty tragically underwritten. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I wanted to talk about with, uh, those who wish me dead is like, yeah. So one of the things that I wanted to ask was like, oh God, I keep losing my train of thought mid sentence. I apologize. Everybody, uh, was simply that one of the things that really, was good was like the house exploding scene and there were a couple of really tense scenes that like worked somewhat or at the very least sort of took me by surprise but also I wanted to talk about the scene where the dad gets sort of shot up by the hitman just because to me that scene wasn't like it didn't feel well done if that makes sense like it felt very sort of like rushed and sort of hurried and I feel like that's very indicative of the whole film and I don't know if I was the only one who felt like that but it, no, it, uh, to me, it just felt like it kind of happened too because they spent like the first act having up like the dad is on the run with the kid and then right away he gets killed. Like, it's like, uh, okay, you know, that's not very different from what we've seen before, but you know, you spend so much time setting up like he's this kind of smart guy that has like the secret information. Is he not smart enough to have like a backup plan to like, you know, find a way to not drive on like main roads or something? Like, yeah, so I, I agree with you. It just kind of amounted to nothing. Me kind of it's, this is a bizarre comparison but it and not in like a good way too but it's like it reminded me of how in psycho um you think marion crane's gonna be the main character but then she gets killed by norman bates like at the end of the first act but it's like in that it's like it, it was clearly trying to subvert expectations but the problem is that it was done like 50 plus years ago and now it's like that has in a way become sort of a cliche where now it's nothing new I get what they're trying to go with that character. And I obviously knew he was not going to last long. I knew he was going to die. 
And honestly, when it came so close to the beginning, it was like, okay, yeah, it's pretty clear at this point. But at the same time, it's like, it's not a subversion. You're just doing the same stuff. I mean, I think with that scene in particular, I feel like this is a this is still a very well directed movie, but there's like sometimes, and I think it happens with a lot of directors that like a lot of like independent filmmakers that make big studio films is that you do get a feeling that there's some executive oversight above them, making sure that like, because I mean, obviously like um, this is, this was released by Warner Brothers. Every, every single, like every other film he has done was not necessarily released by big studios as it was like subsidiaries of studios because Sheridan is an independent filmmaker more than he is like a big blockbuster filmmaker like Nolan or Denis and I kind of felt like there was just a lot of oversight that probably prevented like that probably added a lot of notes into these scenes and like made him feel very choppy and rushed because I feel like because usually his movies are paced incredibly well but this one just felt incredibly rushed and I feel like there must have been something that happened in production that really caused like a lot of these story changes and these character changes to happen. And I think Sheridan was just kind of working with what he had in terms of how he can direct these scenes because these are pretty well-directed scenes, but I feel like there was something preventing him from going usually where, where he would be when he, when he did Wind River. So that's kind of my theory that there could have been something there could have been some oversight that might have prevented him from going farther. Studio oversight, I think, answers a lot of things about this movie. Studios sort of intervening, being like, oh, this should happen, or try this, or do this instead. And as a result, it feels like the whole film was designed by committee. But we're almost out of time for those who wish me dead, so final thoughts. I think as we all kind of agreed, to me it was just painfully mediocre and like kind of like what i said at the beginning and i like that i thought of this it's just a movie that should have come out between 1995 and like 2010 if michael bay was a producer or a director or a writer on this i think it would have been the same thing maybe even worse than it was but you know knowing it's the guy who wrote sakaya which i think is a great like kind of thriller you know action movie it just sucks that this was just very bland and generic i liked john bernthal i thought he was good the villains to me were just very villainy like there wasn't any like real motivation behind them and angelina jolie was fine i wish the fire played more elements it sucks that like you know the director wasn't able to you know abide by the laws of nature where it's like if you get hurt by nature whether it's lightning fire water whatever you're actually hurt you just don't like get up give it a kiss and then put a mandate on it and walk it off. Like there's so many times where like, you know, the game of Thrones dude got like the fire in the face and then he's just like walking around. It's like, that's not how it works in real life. So it just, it kind of sucks. I'd probably give uh, those who wish me dead a four out of 10. Yeah. We we've said everything that I think has to be said about this film. It's not very special. And usually if a film isn't special, that doesn't mean it's just, this case is just aggressively mediocre and really just boring too. I I commend some elements of it. I think there are some scenes that aren't awful and like like I said, I think visually it's not it's pretty well done. Direction isn't the worst either. It's far from it, but it's just there's there was no like risks taken with this film. It it just felt very safe and generic, and for that reason, it's not I'm. I kind of forgot most of this movie, even in the time it took when I watched it to when we're recording this. And I'm never going to think about it again. I'm going to give the same scores or four out of 10. Yeah, this one I think I probably like a little bit better um, than all of you because I think with what Sheridan had to work with and the fact that I like Sheridan as a director and a writer. Um, so I do have kind of a bias. I do feel like he took advantage of what he had. But I do feel like that if there wasn't uh, that there wasn't that at least that theoretical obstacle in the way, I feel like this film could have been a lot better than it was. And I still was entertained by it. Like it still looked visually pleasing. Um, and there is, and I do really enjoy a lot of like 
the technical aspects, but I feel like it could have just went a little farther with what it tried to do. And I'll probably just give this one a five out of 10. So. I think the scene that really epitomizes this movie for me is the scene where Angelina Jolie's character uh, is having a shift in a fire tower in the woods and lightning is about to strike it. And so she jumps out of the fire tower and lands like 50 feet to the ground while lightning strikes the tower, which it feels contrived. Like it didn't actually ask any questions that a sane human would ask. Like, wouldn't there be some sort of preventative measure in case something struck the tallest thing in the woods so that the person didn't die when they were on the fire tower, but whatever. Uh, and it's something that sounds cool when you write it on paper, but isn't cool when you actually have to look at it. And I came into this episode with like a five, six out of 10 for it, but I'm leaving with a three because the more I think about it, the more I despise this movie. But that'll wrap up this episode of Bishu Banter on that happy note. Uh, be sure to tune in next week if you want, where we're going to be looking into A Woman in the Window, see what I did there, and The Conjuring because the new one's coming out. But I've been Calvin. I've been Orson. I've been Matthew. And I've been Daniel. We will see you all next time. Bye-bye.